Episode 85. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Quincy, what are you doing? Wait, slow it down. Okay, okay, okay. Don't get no fuck. If 12 coming, we gonna take him on the chase. I ain't get no fuck. Just a you love this song. Bang on my waist. It's a little too aggressive for me. Oh, uh, you're nervous? You nervous? Nigga, you're nervous? You're nervous? You're nervous? You're nervous? I know that's crazy for me. Yeah. I don't mean like this joint up. Let's get started, man. What time it is? Face value podcast. 85. We two tone, nigga. We don't recruit. I said this little bitch that was cute. Mala sniper gonna blow like a flu. Got more guests in the building, man. Kurt Takato. Yeah, we got the Clark Street Collective boys in the building today. If y'all want to go ahead and introduce yourself separately. What's good? I'm Jimmy Kurz. I am uh, Noah Fury. And that's uh, on the Instagram that's at Clark Street Collective, right? Clark Street Collective, ST. Yeah, tap into that. These guys are doing some great things over there. So we're going to spend some time talking about what they got going on and then just talking about, you know, culture shit with them as well. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys for coming through. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. For real. So, uh, f- first off, getting into it, you from Minnesota, right? I'm from Minnesota, Where you yeah. from? I'm from the Burbs. You from the Burbs? Like, right outside. From? I'm from Bridgeview. So true, like true. South side, right outside Chicago. Hell yeah, I've been, man. I've been to Bridgeview a few you times. You know El Faro? No, I don't know that. I know Bruh. that courthouse. <laughs> All I know is that motherfucking courthouse. I didn't definitely drop. have my ass in the... <laughs> Caught a case? Oh. Uh, Man, tickets and shit, uh, man. Yeah, it'd be like that. Be like, fuck, I gotta go off the bridge. Hey, man. watch out now. Lori Lightfoot's coming at you. Man, fuck Lori Lightfoot, man. <laughs> this whole this whole uh speed and shit. Oh, I didn't get six over? That shit crazy. Yeah, I heard they're bro. giving out tickets every 12 seconds. That's crazy. That shit is crazy, crazy. Because I, I see the shit flashing, bro. And they'll still going be down like, Sacramento. I don't even go down Sacramento. I don't I go down Sacramento like, anymore either because that stop. shit is brutal. <laughs> People be beeping at you, you're like, do you see the fucking speed thing, bro? You got to relax. Like, I almost wonder how much that's going to last, though. You know, I mean, even like the red light cams, I feel like those kind of went out for a little bit because yeah, people but are like trying to sue them and stuff. Until uh, they went out, they made a shitload of money off oh. of them. So even if they run it for seven oh, months, they're about to generate millions of dollars. Oh, load. Oh, load of money, for sure. <laughs> I'm about to get me a red light camera. I know. I was <laughs> say, I mean, respect Run it. Run it. They're probably going to have them privately owned red light cameras. That's bogus as hell. For sure. Invest in one of those. <laughs> see if you, yeah. So like, so you from the birds, you from Minnesota, how'd y'all link up? Oh man. Um, Here comes the story. Yeah, Let's get it. So yeah, we went um, way back, Chicago summer, I think it was like 2017. Um, I was just coming here, I was doing modeling and um, I was also creative director for a store in Minnesota called Hyperfat and um, moved over here on a limb. Um, I was like, screw it, I'm going to kind of get away from Minnesota and wanted to kind of have a fresh start. Um, came here. Met this guy named Rudy. Um, Rudy had this crazy 1800s mansion in River North, which was like, Facts. and ended up being where Clark Street originally started. Um, and we had the, these, I don't know, like these model photographer get togethers every Sunday. It was every single Sunday. And like, no matter what, even if you were working, you always try to get down there. Like if you were part of the crew, you were always there. Yeah, literally the first weekend they did it, uh, my homie Jackie was modeling there and I was going to go. And I didn't show up because I had shit going on, whatever. Uh-huh. And I, it was my biggest regret. FOMO was crazy. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> FOMO was the real thing there, for sure. Like, what are they doing? I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I got to be at the next one. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and that's where, and that's kind of, like, where it all started as far as, like, the collective. The collective, you know, it was, it was a bunch of, like, like-minded humans coming together and having fun. And I think, like, like that's, like, one of the coolest features of the creative community is that we're mm. all like you go to a photo meetup and you go to like a photo gallery like it's the nicest most genuine people like there's i've never seen fights i've never seen anything like you know hostile type arguing or anything like that it's always just been super pure positive energy and i think that's kind of what we fell in love with right away um and so yeah we just kept doing that for a while and probably about six months um rudy ended up moving 
Um, and he's like, yo, someone needs to take this spot. Because this house was just like stupid, stupid big. It, ma- uh, it makes no sense. For, it was a trap house in River North. We call it a hard, hard <laughs> trap house. And, and it, it was two floors. It had like, I mean, it was massive, massive, massive. Um, and so, yeah, he was moving. He's like, yo, we need someone to take it over. So I was like, screw it. Let's go. Um, moved in, saved the spot. Moved in, saved the spot. And that's kind of where me and Jimmy, I think, got closer as far yeah. as like business partners and as far as our friendship goes because i think in the creative field like when we were going to rudy's it was still everybody kind of was their own human mm-hmm. i was working a All job fun shit yeah and so no no one really connected on that level um but yeah that's where, that's where we came from we came from literally ig 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 all day. ig bro having yeah, a yeah. having a creative space in river north is mad fucking juxtaposition because oh yeah I mean, that shit is not <laughs> popping over there it was <laughs> it, and it had its it definitely had its cons and its pros like we end up actually getting kicked out of it the alderman like that makes sense hates right? me like he knows <laughs> me by first name he's like no we uh, threw one too many functions there. one too many functions i had g herbo there for for mm. his birthday party i had a video <laughs> film there Damn. And when his, birth- his birthday party was probably the worst decision i made because he brought like the whole south side down to like the whitest like populated area in chicago yeah. and no one could hang with it um <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like bougie white too very it's not bougie even white. just a white, spot. Bougie bougie white. And, and that was already for the alderman like that was the last straw he's like all right Noah. like we get that you're having creative events but g herbo's birthday party probably wasn't a good move. and it was like the last one we did uh i remember him, like getting the message like don't throw this you're gonna get in trouble and literally had cops pull up Damn. shut down the whole thing Oh yeah, I think, that, that I was think our, the event was like extensity or something. Yeah, that was our very last event we threw in there. The last one, guys. Like he's like, do not have an event, and we ended up bringing like twelve foot stages into the house and stuff like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so rooms, two so different they, vibes going. Live music, yeah. like DJing over here. When they told us not to do it, we just like went. We're like, nah, we're, we're gonna, just went we're gonna go in. as crazy as possible and then <laughs> call it a day. Even yeah. the cops were just like shocked when they saw the stage. They're, they're like, like, how did you? What? Why is there a stage in this house? Yeah, y'all went full <laughs> punk on that shit. You were like, anti. We're like, no, we're anti this shit. Oh yeah, no, I mean, it's hard not to do something to someone tells you not to do. It makes you just want to do it more. You're like, fuck that. I'm about to just do this shit. And what are you gonna do? But then they just shut it down. And you're like, oh, that's what you're gonna do. And we were doing it for the culture. You know what I mean? Like the culture was everything to us. So like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we might have lost the house, but I think like doing what we did in that house, I we don't regret it at all. I mean, that probably just elevated y'all to get the space, you know, make it more like legit. Because the space does make things legit when you have a, a space to bring someone to. It, it, it brings up a different vibe. That was the main reason why we ended up getting our spot in Pilsen. Because before that, we were working out of co-working spaces, working out of our apartment for like six months. And shit was just not working. You know, it's like, it's rough being, living and working in the same space. Because you can't separate the two things. You can't separate it. It's so blended together and your head gets fuzzy. Tell me about it, man. (laughs) That's the perfect word to say. It's all blended together. It's all blended into one and you don't know what's going on. You think you're working all day, but realistically you worked a couple hours and Mm. it feels like you've been working until 10 p.m. That's not helpful for anybody. And if so you like, have Mortal Kombat there, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm clocking out early for sure. Like, it was, yeah. It was but a, that was the main reason we moved into our first spot in September uh, 2019, I think, mm-hmm. over in Pilsen because, like, and it was a little early on, too. We are like, yo, should we do this? Like, we might not have the perfect amount of funds yet, but... You know, if we pull this trigger, we're going to have to work harder. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we did. I always feel like everyone trips on the funds thing. But when you put your back against the wall, you'll always make it happen. 100%. It's more of a motivator to put out yep. more things mm-hmm. because you do have that financial debt, like deadline to meet. Hell so yeah. you're like, well, we got to make this money. So we got to do some shit. That was the first time we had overhead ever. And I recommend that to any creative, honestly. Like even <laughs> like we, we talk to musicians even for like music videos and they're like, oh, you know, I can't afford this. I can't do this. And it's like you should want to afford this, though. And you should want to invest in this because like. 
doesn't matter how much money you're spending. Like at the end of the day, it's always going to come back and you're always going to be investing yourself. And when you're investing yourself, like nine times, nine times out of 10, you're going to progress farther in your career as an artist. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend like investing in yourself. Pull the trigger. With with a lot of the content y'all put out, I would assume both of you guys come from like a videographer background. Uh, (laughs) me specifically, I went to school for film production and I've been doing video since a kid, like always (laughs) first video on YouTube is like 2007, but he came from photographer from modeling, like switched over photographer. And then, uh, Everybody on the team had to learn video because that's where the money's at. So yeah, when, yeah. when you started filming, what were you? What was like some of the first cameras you had? Shit. My my first like actual DSLR was a Canon T three I. Nice. And then after I graduated college, I got the, the Sony A seven III on accident. I meant to get the A seven S or A seven two. I meant to get the A seven S two because it's like the cinema camera version of the Sony's. Mm-hmm. And I just read it wrong and bought the wrong one. <laughs> but it ended up working up perfect because it was the best of both worlds for photography and videography. And that's how I ended up meeting everyone in Clark Street. True. Doing yeah. the whole photography thing. Hell so, yeah. That's yeah. what's up. Bless up. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, and I met them through modeling, for sure. Met them through modeling. Yeah. But every, all of us has taken it on um, from the start. Like, yeah. pretty much once we made it an official LLC, March 6, 20, what was that, 18? 17, 18. 2018 um and from there it's just like let's go and we did it we did the llc on a limp too you know what i mean like we were like (laughs) quit my job like all of us quit our jobs and stuff like that like we were um yeah we were only making like 300 dollars a month like it was like the craziest thing to even like quit your job and do like that type of you know leap of faith um because we were just doing like strictly like community-based events like we were doing stuff for like after school matters we were doing charity walks we were always like doing that stuff but we never actually like focused on production it was mainly the event shit just mm-hmm. covering making cool recaps doing mm. photo video combined like yeah. it's just fun that's a good package to offer people though yeah. the photo video combined did y'all fuck with Junebug over there after school matters oh yeah he's the homie i grew oh, yeah. like i mean I, I didn't grow up but i skated with him a bunch i mean yeah. it's all uprise fam and shit yeah, yeah. Junebug's a good dude no he's I, good to work with their whole team over there is fire like i mean everybody that we've met through after school matters is like especially even the kids like it's yeah i, I would do it over and over again for being no a question. public school program it's like whoa these people are associated with this it. shit it's tight yeah. it's I like a raw ass program and they're, yeah, they're, abs- I mean, they're cultured, you know what I mean? Like they still have like that backbone. They're not just teaching education. I think they're teaching culture, which I think is like a really good thing for schooling, especially nowadays, especially yeah. with creatives. Like no one wants to sit in school and just like learn something that's not going to be useful for the next five years. Like if you can actually 100%. teach them hands on stuff, they're going to be more receptive. Mm-hmm. They're going to take it more seriously. And eventually they're, hopefully they're going to do something with that trade or that craft and build a business out of it. Um, and I think that's what after school matters is, is it enforces and influences young entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs um in the south side or all over definitely which is something you need to teach people because they Mm -hmm. don't realize that that's still an avenue Mm -hmm. everyone you always get told you got to do like these big career things but you can still do like creative things or like a building and all these other avenues are really financially stable avenues you could go yeah you don't have to be a fucking doctor or lawyer yeah all of that that's what you get told all through school you got to be like a doctor or no you don't they just need you to work for somebody else exactly when you could work for yourself like all of that shit is like personal expression too Mm-hmm. Like motherfuckers don't like realize that you could express yourself about creating a like designing a building mm-hmm. or designing a fucking bottle. You know what I'm saying? No, I think people I think don't realize design is everywhere. Oh yeah. Like anything you're drawn to in a fucking store, a supermarket, whoever mm-hmm. designed that deserves way more credit. And it was all because that's what brings your yeah. eye to it. Yeah. That's why graphic designers are the most underpaid people mm-hmm. in the world. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the it. most important <laughs> fucking aspects of a product. Dude, that's man, what draws all people the logos, to a product. Shit. 
I mean, I think it's even more mind-boggling that, like, we don't actually influence kids to be creatives. I feel like everybody, yeah. like, deep down, no matter what, is a creative. Like, you, when you were going to school and you were painting in art mm-hmm. class, like, everybody has that inside of them. You know what I mean? I think we almost just kind of, like, suppress it as you grow up. Um, and I think that, like, personally, schooling should be more, like, influencing that because, like, I mean, it's creative is everywhere. Yeah, because these are real-life things that people really need. You yeah. know what I'm saying? People, even the carpenter, they're creative. Exactly. Yeah, building a house. E- even, like, personally, I mean, like, I mean, how much more happy are you doing something But just like creative? he was saying, like, you don't, like, like, growing up, like, they don't teach you that, like, the motherfucker creating this building, like, planning out this building, it's like, this is art, how he doing it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think school needs to be more structured where you uh, get to choose your path more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't let you do that till you're already old, you know? Then you can finally start to make some choices. They're there needs to be choices you. at a younger age. To so be like, well, I don't really, like, vibe this. I want to go this way. Mm-hmm. But you're, like, stu- stuck in the structure till you're, like... St- 18. Yeah. Then you can maybe make some choices. But even at college, a lot of these programs aren't like creatively focused. Mm-mm. Or you go to like an art school and just pay out the ass for kind of nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it's just really set up for to nothing not is the key word right there. <laughs> so, so many of my friends are like, dude, I wish I wouldn't have went to fucking art school. I had homies I went to SIC and they were telling me like they're like what they are studying. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you spending seventy four thousand dollars on schooling for Nothing. You're Literally nothing. Yo, like, <laughs> that's like, how I feel too. Yeah, because I graduated from Columbia, so like. And, and don't get me wrong, I I respect schooling. I think schooling is like definitely for sure a must for a lot of people, and I think yeah. it's good even for like Jimmy and I, like when it comes to situations, because we deal with a lot of like higher end, you know, corporate clients too, and a lot of them are blue collar. A lot yeah. of them are these wealthy white men, and you know, that's the first thing they ask. They go, "Yo, do you guys have a college degree in film?" And I'm like. I don't know. I'm self-taught, <laughs> but also too, like that's the kind of the beauty I think that most people overlook is that like self-taught stuff is I think even more, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's honestly better than going to school because it shows that you have the passion behind it to like actually learn something versus kind of being forced into school and kind of learning something because you have to. There's a, pur- a purity to it because honestly, a lot of my friends that I know are like web designers and when you go to school for design, they teach everyone to design shit the same way. So you end up with a lot of things that look exactly the <laughs> mm-hmm. same. You know, you don't look at it through like a, a clear lens. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I was taught this needs to be here and this needs to be here, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. Because that just makes everything look very uniform. Mm-hmm. And that's not cool, but that's what you're taught in design school. It's like, this is how a perfect design looks, but not A, not everything needs to be perfect. Absolutely. And B, everything does not need to look the same. Yeah. And that's what sucks when you get, teach everyone the yeah. same thing, the same curriculum. It's, it's like art. a designer. It's like a, a motherfucker that went to school for design. I think the biggest thing, the only thing that I, I really think school is important for is just so you can understand, understand like the elements and the principles of shit. And the repetition. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And to get that mindset that's like, you need to work on this so many Absolutely. times. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to work on this three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At least. Dude, it mm-hmm. took me like three years after college to fully grasp what the point of it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, it'd be shit I look at it and, I'm, and I, in my head, I'd be like, Oh, this shit got rhythm right here. You know, I'm talking about the, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's motion right here. I'm looking for shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can say. But once you got that shit done, like. You just need your mind. Yeah, because yeah. once you realize that all of these programs, you can literally do one thing however you feel like doing it, for real. Like, there is no right way of going about doing shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'll tell you, in film school, they they pretty much just pushed on your throat. Oh, go to Hollywood, become a PA, work your way up. And exactly. it's like, nah, fuck that. In design school, it's like going to go advertising, art direction, shit like that. They never tell you to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. But I like they want to like stifle people. I like what you said though. I, I definitely think schooling is a foundation. It's like the structure. No, it's, it's like it's, a foundation. Yeah. It don't take four years. Yeah. It doesn't take as much money either. Shit. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So the first time I like saw y'all guys shit, you had the homie Roger on there from Juggernaut, the artist that, spotlight. Yeah, artist yeah. spotlight. So shout out Roger, man. Was that a Big was that out. kind of the kickoff for Clark Street Collective? That was when I first tuned in. So if I'm wrong, just let me know. I think that was what brought a lot of people on board. Um, that was like a first big move. At least, what was that? 2020. Yeah, and so I think beginning of 2020. And I think that like so like Clark Street's always been like we've always done production for the last I think two years, three years, like mm-hmm. consistently. Like we we have clients, we're doing stuff. But as far as like the artist spotlight and the blogs and the video blogs um, or vlogs um, is we, we, since we kind of steered away from events, we really wanted to have more focus again back on the community aspect of our business. Um, and I think that's kind of what artist spotlight was. Mm-hmm. The reason why we did it is because, again, when we did the events, we always had these creatives come in. We had these, you know, portrait playgrounds where photographers came in and we had models for them. We had installations set up for them. Mm-hmm. And when we, we love that. That's what kind of drove our business and drove our passion inside of our business. Um, and we lost a lot of that when we lost that spot. Um, so I think getting the new studio and kind of figuring out how we can kind of get reacclimated with people in our community, um, Artist Spotlight was mm-hmm. that version of that. It was it was kind of us, you know, showcasing local artists, giving them a platform, mm-hmm. kind of saying, hey, what's your backstory? What are you about? The nitty gritty of stuff, you know what I mean? And I think that's mm-hmm. like what people gravitate towards when you see an artist is like, you don't gravitate towards the artist just because of the work. You gravitate towards the artist because of the experience. What goes into it? What is their backstory? Why did they create it the way they created it? You know what I mean? And I think all those little things and seeing someone like through their own grind really influences the younger community. And that's kind of what we wanted, especially with like a Roger. Like Roger's a goat. Like he's been around for a minute. He has so many people underneath him that he's pulled up to the, you know, the top, um, including like Lyrical and all of them. I mean, those are all, you know, those are all juggernaut boys back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, push a shove. Like, and, you know, that's just like what we hope with these interviews is that we can have a kid watch one of these and be like, yo, this is fire. I want to do this. Like he had mm-hmm. this grind. How can I get this grind going? Um, and if we can do that success, when, you know, and, and we don't, we don't even like the artist spotlight series. We don't even look at it as like, it's more of, we do it cause we have passion towards yeah, that it was a movement. full passion. Pro- it took probably six months to shoot, edit, like do all the marketing for it and Completely then finally come to release. Like, yeah, we spent so much time and that's just out of pure love and believe in the project mm-hmm. and putting on these artists and instead of giving them a wall for a gallery, you have a digital interview and little one minute piece that shows you in the purest form. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so after I watched the Roger one, I got tapped in and started watching all of them. I noticed it kind of leaned more towards like hip hop shit and art, like actually artists. Is that kind of an insight into both of y'all's personality where you really fuck with like rap and like art? Um, so that, that was the first season. I think it's yes and no. Um, I mean, I think we're a very creative focus as far as, like, photography and, and video. We definitely love hip-hop and artists, though. Yeah. Like, uh, hands down. We love it all. I think mm-hmm. the first season was mainly all people we've known personally throughout the years. Yeah. And people we felt they should have a spotlight. You know, like, we want to put these guys on. They deserved it. Or these guys, girls, whoever. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it was just, like, that was the first season. Let's pull up all the best ones we know and put them on. And then season two, we're open. We, we want to go big, so... Yeah, in season two, hopefully we'll get Tapu Chico on that as well. So that's kind of the yeah. goal with them with that. But um, sure. yeah, definitely like, yeah, it was a lot of people we knew. It was, it was a lot, lot of people we knew and felt they, they deserved a little spotlight. But, but honestly, even looking back, we just watched it like a couple of days ago. Me and Jimmy were like having one of those like we drink and we just started watching all our old videos and we started watching them. And it, it's crazy to like actually rewatch them now and hear their stories and kind of go in depth with it. Because like even like as friends like Oscar you know, there's Beloveful, there's, you know, there's Roger, like all those people, like you just, even as a friendship, you don't get to see that surface level or that mm-hmm. interior side of them. 
Um, and I think that that's like one thing that really brought out the beauty and artist spotlight for me is because now when we watch it again, we're just like, wow, this person's like a real ass dude. Like this person's mm -hmm. a real ass girl. Like they're really with it. Like, you know what I mean? So it, it's just influencing to hear it even firsthand. So yeah. What was Oscar the Hispanic artist that you had on there? Uh, so Oscar is from modern. He's from modern variety. So he's, okay. um, he does shoe blogs. We started with shoe blogs and then eventually created modern variety, which is now, yeah, a feature just, page. It's it's they're huge. I don't I don't even know what you call modern. Culture. It's a it's a blog it's a page. Blog, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say a blog. <laughs> um, but yeah, they he. I mean, he he's again Chicago goat. Came from Rogers Park. Saw a huge market in shoe culture, which you know back in the day, five six years ago, like you know shoe culture yeah. was still just being developed at that point. Um, even ten years ago, it was still being developed. Yeah, I think it was closer to ten. And and you know he he took that and ran with it and did some crazy stuff with it. So what's crazy about that is if you really think about it, now the shoe the sneaker culture is so big. But uh, Flight Club has been around forever. So oh. now there's this whole focus on like reselling sneakers. But that's what Flight Club has been doing for a long time. And Flight Club was a staple of the community. I think with the internet and the growth of it, now it's just expanded so much mm -hmm. where people are acting like it's brand new. Mm -hmm. But reselling sneakers has been around forever. But it was just like certain establishments doing it. Mm -hmm. Did you, you know? hear about this, the whole sneaker like thing with the, the CEO or definitely, what, Nike? Definitely How, Wait, what? It was like the VP of Nike or something? She, she was a VP at Nike. Her kid was like this reseller. Uh, his name was like West Coast something. But uh, he ended up getting like, like paperwork came out where he was using her corporate card to buy like $200,000 with the sneakers. And so now they're saying, oh, well, well, she was in charge of the sneakers app and all these things. So like, oh, was his mom <laughs> plugging in with these things? Because there's photos of him on their patio with thousands of like Travis Scott. Way Scotts. too many. <laughs> Same pair. So <laughs> we've all been on sneaker app and we know damn well. The it's sneaker like, app is fucking It's impossible to get it's any type of dunk. I've can't. never hit. I've never hit. I'm always sad. I, I'm like, I'm like there. I'm paying. And it's like, nope. Gee, didn't get it. I'm like, when when right. the Notre joints came out, like, yeah, well, I, I had was to plug the her. homie with those. I was like, I got to actually she, make a call to get the homie. You ain't oh, yeah. getting them off the app, bro. No, I no, literally had no the phone in my hand. As soon I couldn't hit the button any faster. No, you're, you're like 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 a point second in actually trying to pay it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> which is crazy because, I mean, now looking at it, it's like that makes so much sense. Because I think a lot of people were like, what the hell is going on with sneaker app? Like we can't, yeah, no one ever There's probably it. hella people doing that shit. The craziest thing, just to like kind of sum that whole Nike story up is, so they said in the article that her kid made like six hundred thousand dollars, right? That's great. That's that's great. But her as a fucking twenty five year Nike employee at VP, she makes that in two years. Yeah. yeah. So you need to relax. I tell my kid you need to fucking chill on this little side hustle because I'm gonna make this legally in two years. Yeah. yeah. So don't yeah. be using my fucking corporate card to buy these fucking sneakers. It's just because he was buying two hundred thousand dollars. She purchases. has to have another credit card. Come on, crazy, but not with that limit though. Two hundred well, bands. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you need the Nike card no, yeah, to put yeah, the two hundred yeah. on there. Easy, okay, easy. Yeah. Just slide it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. No, the Nike limit is probably just no limit. There's no honestly, limit. no, there ain't no limit on that bitch. Like, <laughs> come on. And I, yeah, even hearing that is just crazy because I feel like you're getting all those shoes, and most of those shoes are just flipping for like quadruple. Well, they said he made six hundred thousand. That's you know, crazy. That's insane. Though. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's cool when you're grand. sixteen. But if your mom makes three hundred thirty a year, I would just relax. Yeah, chill. I would just go with my friends and be like throw me some money you know also, yeah, <laughs> i'm not gonna lose have you lose your job about this shit like, well that that's even more screwed because yeah because that that's oh, that 600k has got to go straight to her now well <laughs> yeah that, she's like this is the retirement because ain't nobody <laughs> hiring you after this shit like oh adidas ain't no. like, real up, like what i mean yeah. yes you can't really resell you adidas go? besides yeezys but i had that shit i wish you the best of luck oh for sure but all those stock eggs mad stock x accounts oh yeah to kind of to kind of circle back to y'all shit because i'm actually very curious about this was it a conscious decision to not be like on camera and deliver the questions via illustration? Because uh, every time I watch the show, I, I think about it. I'm like, why aren't they just asking the questions? Um, 
Hmm. That's that's actually it, more you, of a Jimmy question. So for these sorts of things, like the Q and A, it was just gonna be a blog. Last minute, we're like, "Fuck it, let's throw six cameras up and film it." Well, he's talking for the artist spotlight. Are you talking artist spotlight? The Q and A. The Q and A. Right. The questions are just illustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's just yeah. Like I said, it was very last minute, and we just threw it together, and then we're like, "Let's run this." And then when in the actual edit, we're like, "Okay, how should these questions come up?" We're not recording Richard doing the actual questions. So throwing them up there just felt right. And and it was kind of like a trial and error. And like this is the biggest thing for any creative too is like is like trial and error. Like we started doing blogs six months, seven months ago, eight months ago, a year ago. Um, we started just doing regular write-up blogs, right? And we tried it and we did it as a marketing plan. We're like, yo, we're going to release all these blogs. We're going to have content that supports it. We're going to have gifts. It's going to be this cool thing. Um, and did we see success out of it? Yes and no. Um, but that's when we kind of like, we're like, okay, cool. This is a really good idea, but how can we take this idea and make it even better? Um, and anything better is, you know, visual, um, as far as video and <laughs> yeah. video definitely is like the cherry on top to a lot of like interviews, a lot of, it, it just makes it more personal. Um, and that's kind of where we were with, um, Richie, who is our writer and our newest employee. We the were just narrator. the narrator. Yeah. We were just like, yo, what if we do this in video form? You know, we'll he was so we'll nervous. We're like, yo, huh. actually, that's the reason he was too nervous to be on camera. Yeah. So <laughs> we hid him and just threw the questions up. But you could also have just mic'd him up into the audio. Over totally. Thing. That's like Vlad shit. Yeah, Vlad yeah. ain't never on camera. Have you seen in some of the most. So now we have this, this new shot that we've been kind of like actually really pleased with is the one where it's like it's just like the shot of like over the shoulder of him yes. talking to somebody and you don't actually ever hear him. You just see his figure. Um, you could hear him briefly briefly very briefly but that's kind of like another way just kind of answering your thing too is like we kind of want to make the mystery it, it's the mystery yeah i can see that and that also over the shoulder perspective gives it like you're actually talking to the person Absolutely. when you're it feels, watching it. it feels like you're watching the interview yeah exactly a, instead it's of like pov shit exactly Absolutely. yeah so yeah it was very much on a limb and it was a lot of trial and Try and failing and seeing what works. And, and then we just work. added the VHS in the mix recently. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a whole. Like, <laughs> so we just started buying a bunch of old TVs and we're uh -huh. actually like building up like an installation wall. So we want to build like a seven foot like TV like wall. Like just a shit ton of TVs. Um, and it's, it's been really kind of fun trying to find these. So much fun. Like, it's a challenge. <laughs> we're finding from like all these older like. Like the like, big backs and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got they're all <laughs> mainly like 13 inch little tube TVs. Like tube TVs. Like, dot, yeah. They're crazy, crazy, crazy. The yeah. second you turn it on, you hear that little buzzing noise. Mm. And it yeah. brings you straight back to your childhood. It's fire. Yeah, so that, that's, that's <laughs> or it'll tweak you out one or the other. That will be coming to our space soon. Because we, we also do rent out our space as well to creatives, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and we try to keep it, like, cost-friendly. But when creatives do come in, we try to help them again. Just It's the same. Yeah, we our, help set up. We, we're going to be there to help you get the right shots, set your lighting good, yeah. uh, throw some ideas out there, maybe smoke machine, I don't know, whatever. And there's a ton of add-ons we have for the space. So you can literally rent out all our lights, oh, gear, whatever sick. you want. Like Clark Street, and we'll really help you with it. Like that was one of the things okay. I had on my list to ask y'all. What inspired the rent our gear thing? Because I feel like that's so helpful to people. Because a lot of people we talked about startup costs, they can't afford these things, mm -hmm. and they can have great ideas. I think so many great ideas are lost to money because mm -hmm. people don't have the yeah. money to implement mm -hmm. the absolutely. ideas. Absolutely, absolutely. So is that kind of what inspired the rent absolutely. our gear? Shit? No, Clark Street's for the culture. Like we're like fully with it. Like we want to make our prices affordable for renting gear. We want to have our space available to the creative where they can actually afford it and not you know be breaking their bank. But also too, they can come in and actually learn how to use proper lighting. They can learn how to use proper audio. Like they get all the assistance throughout the entire course of working with us. And even renting out our space or renting out gear, like we have always, always, always tried to be 
you know, grabbing their hand and like always trying to run with them. Cause if we can make their vision better, like at the end of the day, like that's good for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we, we impacted someone's life or someone's vision and, and that's made it the better. end goal. We want to have a new age schooling where you're coming in, you're creating a, like giant warehouse vibes, like backstory. You almost got a church. Yeah, we almost bought a church. Almost bought a church. No, it was no, it was it was a it was a no, it was it was. Oh no, it was a funeral. It was a funeral. It was a funeral home, (laughs) like three massive, the perfect space to have co-working, you know, music studio, actual studio for production, like everything possible for all creatives to come through and create. And then we realized, it was too shit. We're way too soon. We haven't even got a small studio yet. Because that that is the (laughs) end goal. Like when we first had the mansion back in River North, like. That was, it was, it was a multi-platformed creative house. Like it was where a bunch of creatives come there, work, learn how to do music, learn how to do photography, learn how to do videography, learn how to dance, learn how to do whatever it was. You know, we had dance, free open space, everything. Um, And that's kind of like what we want to do. And hopefully the next 10 years is eventually like, again, like he said, buy, buy a school, buy a place where we can have, you know, house a lot of kids. um, Like some boarding, creative boarding school that's completely non-traditional. Yeah. Less, less actually like book knowledge and more hands-on work. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we want to enforce too, is because again, like we spoke earlier on schooling is, you know, that's something that we feel like has been missing for a long time. Like no one really focuses on the nitty gritty of like the hands-on, how do you do this? How do you do this in this situation? Can you bring in a model and let them do their own creative work and try to help them and actually teach them in the process versus just us being like, yo, do this, do this, do this, do this. This is how you have to shoot it. Because like you said, you know, it's like when you go to school, like they give you like a set of like, you have to do this, you have to shoot like this, you Mm -hmm. have to do this. As where when we have people come in, it's like, do what you want to do, be creative. And like, we'll try to assist you and help, you know, build up that vision if we can. So back to your gear question, it's kind of, (laughs) it's a step in that direction, right? Like it's, it's one way for us, one, to make residual and two, to help people, you know, like, People need cheap gear. People need to learn how to use their gear. Absolutely. So pull up to Clark Street. We got you. True. <laughs> True. Hell yeah. I might have to hit y'all up, man. <laughs> we got it all. No, for sure. Because honestly, like a couple of years ago, one of my boys, my homie that's staying here right now, actually, he got hit up to film some like day in the life for Lollapalooza. But he, he had like got rid of all his gear mm-hmm. and he had to rent gear from the spot up on Armitage. I like totally spacing on the name across from Food Smart. But he was like, bro, can you go rent me this shit really quick? But they were just taxing, dude. I was like, this is going to cut into like the rate you're even getting exactly. so yeah. hard to mm-hmm. use this for two days. Absolutely. So I feel like y'all are showing love on the rates, like making it realistic. Mm-hmm. But these mm-hmm. other places are like, man, it's like if someone does get a gig and needs to rent this gear, why are you cutting into their like margin so hard? Because that gear is going to last for so long that they're making bread off of it. Absolutely. You know, like those, the lifetime of this product is like a long time. Yeah. And if you're renting it out every single day, like. Oh, they're you, making bank. You're seeing like, a re- yeah. super return on this shit. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, that, that's the goal. If we can make it efficient and cost efficient towards the creative, like even if we're losing money on it or we're not making money on it, like that's always been kind of our goal. Like how do we give back? You know what I mean? Because we're also like really firm believers on world energy and stuff like that too. So it's like when you put out good vibes and you put out good energy, good energy always comes back. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of what we've always been kind of driving towards. Mm-hmm. And it's like if we can influence other creatives, other kids. And luckily enough, we were able to invest in a bunch of new gear. Mm. This past year, so we got a Black Magic <laughs> Pocket 6K, some fire new lights, a bunch nice. of other fun goodies to play with that we've never had before. So and with that, we're like, okay, we have all this, like, we have three Sonys just chilling. We're mainly using Black Magic to shoot our visuals now, so, like, why not rent it out? And even going <laughs> back on your thing earlier, like, that's an investment that is scary. Like, we invested 
$10,000, in camera gear. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a check. That's a big check. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's scary. It's super scary. But, you know, like you said earlier, too, it's like you have to, we have to invest in that stuff. And it, it really does put her back behind the wall because we're like, damn, we just spent, like, a grip of money, like a real grip of money. Like, Let's how do we make this now. back now? Yeah. How, do we, how do we try to, inf- you know? Nobody drops 15 bands and then just sits there. No. They're like, oh, we got to do this. Do some <laughs> no, shit, you know? Yeah, like, your heart hurts. But if you drop zero, you'd be like, fuck it. I'm chilling. You know, we'll, just, mm-hmm. we'll put it out when we put it out. We'll do yeah. some mm-hmm. shit. Like, but once you drop that money, you're like, all right, we got to make the most out yeah. of this money. Make <laughs> Tell that money me about back. it. I'm already done. Absolutely. Absolutely. You become complacent when you don't invest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're always pushing it off to the next day or you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll do this mm-hmm. next week. Like you said, absolutely. We I see w- so many people do that. I would assume this is a thing. So forgive me if it's like an ignorant question, but do you do y'all also do like video treatment for music videos and stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. We do that. It's a whole process. It's a whole process. And it's funny because, like, I was just talking with Laka. Actually, your dog is um, chewing on (laughs) Quincy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? Anyway, go ahead. Um, So, I was just talking with Laka about this the other day. Laka Films from No More Heroes. Um, We were, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I feel like in our field, that's actually like one of the most draining pieces of our work I think Music is like videos. doing the treatments and doing the creative side of things without having no budget and you know because a lot of people like especially when it comes to music videos and it comes to bigger artists a lot of the times you're just submitting treatments and you're allowing them to pick which one they want to do which in, in a grand scheme of things is really like it's kind of mind-blowing and it's also like really like it really makes or break you if like you can kind of keep doing that and doing that over and over again because there's a lot of times where we make you know we spend two days on a treatment, three days on a treatment. And then they're Nothing. like, they're like, no, nah, we don't want to do this. And we're like, okay, cool. Move on. But that's what can st- like set you apart from other people. It's spending that time to make a treatment, to put something in front of someone you're investing your time into it. So in the end, it'll come back to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't get two or three jobs in a row, yeah. mm-hmm. you might hit four of the next things, but you still mm-hmm. got to put your best foot forward every mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. Cause the thing is, even if someone passes on one of your shit, they might remember it in the future and be mm-hmm. like, damn, I think these dudes might be perfect for this thing that we're doing because mm-hmm. of that one treatment. And that happens a lot. Like sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like we had an artist from California who hit us up, wanted to do a video and he didn't want to go super big budget on it and not really in the storytelling realm. So we're like, yeah, just use your dude in California, run the video, hit us up on the next track. And, no biggie. And we do that so often. We shut down people. I mean, honestly, like the biggest thing for creative is being able to say no and shut people down. Mm-hmm. So how do y'all feel about, and I mean, if you, if you want to answer this or not, how do you feel about Cole Bennett's blow up? Oh, beautiful. He's, he's a goat. Like he's Legend. with it, like super respect, like definitely Mad inspiration. Not to mention too, like as a human, like when I've met him, he's easily one of the most genuine humans again. Like he's just like super humble, super there. He can have a conversation and not be the lyrical. He can be the Cole that I think everybody knows as. Um, and I don't know. I kind of, res- I, I respect that person. I respect Major people that like for. really blow up and they can still keep themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and Perry talked about it on the pod just when it was just me and him just going over topics. And uh, I was saying it's got to be exhausting trying to mm-hmm. come up with all those treatments because he was just pumping shit out. I think out. he's in his element right now. It's just flowing through him. Absolutely. Yeah, once you hit the pocket, I think mm-hmm. he's just in his pocket. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Hell but yeah. I mean, that's got to be mad respect because it's got to be exhausting. Draining. Yeah. It's like, honestly, it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't even think it's draining. It's beautiful chaos. Like that's the best way mm-hmm. I can explain controlled it. Controlled chaos. It's controlled chaos. <laughs> like it's like it's like, you know what you're always getting into. But like, that's also why we're entrepreneurs. Like we, like personally, I love failing. I love having obstacles. I love pulling teeth when I'm not creative. Because there's days when you go to the office and you're trying to be creative and someone's like, yo, I need this treatment by tomorrow. And you're like, 
I'm not, I'm not creative right now. I can't do this, but you do it anyways. You know what I mean? And like, like, that's kind of like the make or break in the entrepreneur or the creative field is definitely creative too. You just have to do it. It's like flexing your muscles. You got to work them out. Yeah. Yeah, Every day, every day. And and you're always full of ideas. Like everybody always has an idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think it, the thing about it is acknowledging when you're having like the off day and just stepping aside for a mm-hmm. minute. Because me that and Terry, too. like with merch for the pod and like we've worked together on a lot of projects, me and him have like a beautiful flow. Mm-hmm. So what is what is y'all's process like when you're about to like step to a new idea? Like what is the start to finish kind of? So we have a big whiteboard. Yeah, um, big whiteboard, whiteboard and sticky notes. We Lots of sticky notes. Sticky notes is helpful. Yeah, um, yeah. And, Hell yeah. And that's kind of how you we just start, start throwing ideas out there. Yeah, we just we just start throwing ideas out, and then you know, because the thing is, like, that's the best side of being a collective. And and we, there's we, three of us. We always talk about being a collective, and like, um, it's cool because we're all we're all partners, and we're all splitting the same amount. We're all you know equally in the business. So like, when we come into ideas, it's just uh, yeah, no, no, that um. Sorry, sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> it's it's Quincy's wild. The collective yeah. part is three ideas going into one, yeah. and we're never like we don't get butthurt over someone else. Like, yo, your your idea is better than mine. Whatever. It's not like no, it's our idea. How can we build yeah. on top of that? Like, if Noah has a good idea, how can we make it even ten times better? And, that's and you what just we do. keep throwing into it until it becomes a piece where everyone's like, okay. Like if you bad. see our, if you see our walls <laughs> of sticky notes, you'd be like, Dude, these kids are crazy because it's just like it's just like thirty five to hundred sticky notes. Just like okay, cool. We like this idea. We like this idea. How can we do, bring these ideas together? And it really is. It's 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 a collective. Mm-hmm environment that we grow into you know what i mean like everything we do is together no matter what there's no one idea there's no one videographer like we all do pieces of the business and that's kind of why we've not had each of our individual names tied to the brand too much Mm -hmm. like if you a lot of times you meet or you hear of clark street or we meet people out in public and shit and they're like oh i know clark street but they have never heard of any of us that run clark i love that personally i love i love 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 that because i would rather the brand be something special to somebody, not because of a face. I would rather them enjoy and respect the brand because of the brand. Right. That's how you know it's genuine. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're not like tying it to a human. Yeah. They're not like, oh, you're cool, so this is cool. Yeah. It's just like a cool product. It's Absolutely. Cool. It's cool end product. That's exactly how like me and Perry build. We like both step outside of ego and just like put, if somebody has a good idea, we just try to make that idea better. Hell yeah. Instead of being like, damn, that sucks. It was his idea. Mm. You know, we just like, that's a great idea. Now let's try to like fucking finalize it mm-hmm. and make it good. Hell yeah. Which I think is the only way to have, you got to have the right team around you and you'll be mm-hmm. so successful with creative things. And you know, when no one's like egoed out and like, no, it's like my idea. We got to, mm-hmm. I don't want to change it because it's perfect because nothing's perfect off for it. Have the you, know, right you can team. always like fine tune it. Yeah. I, I have the right team for sure. And ego. That's to, Toss one. it to the side because ego is, ego is the worst thing, especially in creative. Like you cannot It's the worst that. thing for real, yo. You can't have that. <laughs> I, unless unless you're like really you making show it. Love. Like people be scared to show love. Yeah. Why are you scared to show love? No, show love. Show <laughs> love. Like absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's cool not to like somebody's shit now. Like, like people make that into a thing. Well, they just want to feel like they're not fanboying. But really, if something's good. Why not fanboy? If something's good, show it love. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem being like, that shit is great. You know, yeah. like, cause dude, fuck it. It doesn't like make you lesser if somebody does something great. Yeah, just, like, exactly. That's what people don't show up. Like, that's awesome. Yo, I mean, that's even why like, I reached out and hit y'all up. I was like, yo, this shit is tight. You want to come chop it up about it? Absolutely. I mean, oh, when man. really, it's not like we do similar things, but we're in the same vein. So yeah. it could be like some weird, like, oh, like, this shit's good. I was like, this is good. Let's talk about it. You know, cause it's good. I mean, you got the skate culture. You got the whole vibes going. Yeah, yeah, we're, for sure. We're tapped in there. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, we do get into it. Like I, I would be sugarcoating it if I said that we didn't like have bickerments and we didn't really? go back and forth. Like, oh, it's it's it, a struggle a lot. We like, like never do. We never. Do. But and, and that's also too because you know like 
we're all passionate towards what we do. So mm-hmm. it's like when we're writing a script and you're like, this is cool. I'd really, this is it. it. And, but you know, again, you have to drop that ego and you have to step back five steps to go t- 10 steps forward too. You know what I mean? And that's kind mm-hmm. of like how our, me and Jimmy's growth has always been. It's like, you know, we're always like, Ooh, you know, I don't really like that. And then he'll be like, Oh, I kind of like that. And I'll be like, you know, it, it's back and forth, but mm-hmm. we always, always come back to it as like no ego, just creative, creating a better vision. And we always come back to that and we always create a good vision, you know? Um, so yeah, I think like you said earlier too, team is everything. Having a good team is everything. If you don't have a good team, if you don't have good people around you, like two fingers, move on. Like you need to figure that out. Cause like if, if you don't have the right people around you, like people will drain you. There's toxicness and so many people that, yeah. Yeah. The draining thing is, is mad real. Cause people will drain you with their, like, uh, they'll be so stuck on their idea that they'll like drain your energy with being like, no, we need to do this. When really the best thing is when you understand something is better the other way. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, let's run with that. Because it's letting go of your fucking like tie, you mm-hmm. being tied to your idea and thinking like my idea is the best when you're like, no, yours is better. Okay, let's make that better mm-hmm. and just move forward with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. True. No but facts. Before uh, before we jump into this break, let's talk about the mutual homie Lewis and y'all worked with him on the BBC joint. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, that. yeah that, that's our homie, man. That's fam. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis, he's a... Fantastic, dude. For people that don't know, Louis de Guzman did a BBC collaboration. Me and Perry talked about y'all shot like the video for we it. We did or? the video for that and also for the Looney Tunes Looney collab Tunes as well. Yeah. That was, was y'all crazy. been tapped in with Louis. All right, yeah, let's talk about this relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was just right across from us, and uh, I don't know. It's yeah, like it's, it's like every natural relationship, you know what I mean? Like we, especially when it comes to creative and working with homies, like we never try to like force any of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think like Lewis is a prime example of like a really natural, beautiful relationship that we've developed with him just by talking with him. And the same with Austin too, just being, just being civil and just being like, mm-hmm. yo, what's up? How are you guys doing? Yada, yada, yada. You know, there was never like, oh, hey, you guys should hire us for videos. Like it never got to that point. Um, mm-hmm. And over, you know, the months of us, a year of us working there, like at the very end of the year when we were moving to our new spot, he's like, yo, I have these projects coming up. You guys are dope. Let's do some, let's do some work. And we're like, Hey, Absolutely. Yeah. Are you joking Let's me? Like it. we've been waiting, you know, cause we've been trying to get a blog on him for a while too. And it, you know, and none of it ever worked out, but that's fine. Um, like again, like the civil and like us being homies was always just there. And like, again, they're, they're super amazing, awesome people, but yeah, no, we're super BBC blessed. He was fired. They hit us up yeah. about that project specifically. And it's pretty much just like the artist spotlight essentially. Yeah. And that's a lot of what people have been hitting us up about lately is videos like that. And that's also a reason we created Artist Spotlight because we wanted something that's us, that people want to buy from us for our work, not, hey, can you do this for me, you know? But BBC was fired. Because honestly, like, it was such so, a it fun was so project. Fire, yeah. I, 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 I come from being a creative director in Minnesota. So, like, one of the biggest clothing lines we had back in the day was BBC. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you guys follow BBC, but BBC yeah. kind of has, like, always been kind of, like, it was huge. And it became like this cult following almost damn near, um, at least in my book. Yeah, because oh, it, yeah. it started as like the, in the skate culture because of Pharrell. Yeah. But then people tied it so hard to bait because mm-hmm. him and Nigo had such a relationship. Yep. So they're like, oh, but it, it's the same vein, but not really. So BBC had like a rise and like a fall. And mm-hmm. now I feel like they're like climbing back to like Slowly. a midpoint. Yeah. But they're still like all... It's so nostalgic. There's so, so much tied to BBC. So like y'all working on it, like just kind of made me be like, that's that's tight. It's like you a know? staple pigeon even to me kind of like, I, I don't know if you guys fuck with staple. I've never really been that into staple. I, I feel like Jeff staple. I don't know how like he him. ever got the acclimates he's gotten. Cause I don't think his design is just that like, 
outside of the box. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I don't think he's ever like pushed a creative limit or anything. I think he's an intelligent dude that just knew what to do to build his brand. He's a smart I would guy. rather listen to him speak to people on the business of hype than yeah. look at the clothes he's putting mm-hmm. out. I mm-hmm. just feel like it's just the same thing over and over again, you know, and that's he'll fair. like which a lot of designers do. They get stuck in their little thing and that's their niche. Mm-hmm. But it gets he's been in the game for so long that it's like this is played at this point. Yeah. No, I don't think they'll I mean, honest to God, I don't think they'll ever go out. Like again, same thing with BBC. Um, they'll be here forever as yeah. long as long as I know. You know what I mean? They yeah. always have a culture behind them. They have people that represent them. So yeah, and it, th- that was like when we got hit up by that, we're just like BBC, like for real, like because we're I'm I'm a huge fanboy. So it's like when I got when we were talking with them, I was like, yeah, this is like sign us up. How do we do this? Um, and then seeing the collab, like the collab itself was just mad, mad fire. Yeah, we Super literally fire. just pulled up to the studio. Yeah. We had questions ready, so we did the interview first with Lewis, and then kind of just went into the B roll stuff. And it's so fun doing the B-roll stuff because, like, you've seen his studio. It's it's fire. And he's got so much cool work. Oh, yeah. So getting to play with that. And, like, my favorite shot personally from the BBC one is when he's sitting on the couch going through the Pharrell uh, book. Yeah. And you see the whole studio and you see him there. And I don't know. Something about it just feels so good. Uh, so check that shot out. Yeah, yeah definitely see. check that shit out. <laughs> All, everything about that's awesome. And then we, then we did the one with Looney Tunes. Oh, that was even man. more no, that's crazy. That's a dream yeah. right there. Because we actually had, like, Bugs Bunny involved with it. Um, so the we got, like, actually, like, the new Bugs Bunny from Space Jam, and we had to meet, like, actually, like, like yeah, he, like, follow, it's, it's just crazy because he follows we, us now. And we like, sent, Bugs like, Bunny. the pitch with them. <laughs> like, Bugs Bunny, bro. The like, new Bugs Bunny. The new Bugs Bunny, but, like, <laughs> Bugs Bunny in general Yo, is, like. The crazier part is, like, I think, was this going on Network? Yeah. I called my mom right away. It was going on Network, and Network wanted them to just shoot it on their iPhone. Yeah. And Lewis and Austin are like, nah, we're going to do this proper. Mm. So they hit us up and paid out of their own pocket to produce the video. And yeah. that alone yeah. is so fire. But then the fact that we we all pitched it to or Warner Bros and to like Looney Tunes and all that. And Bugs Bunny loved the concept. The guy who's doing the voice currently. He's so much. He <laughs> loved it so much. Speaking of like, Bugs Bunny, he's just the weirdest shit. <laughs> but then on top of that, we pull up the day of the shoot. And Austin's like, yo, by the way. We got Daffy Duck now. We too. got Daffy Duck on here, too. Bugs <laughs> loved the concept so much, he just sent Daffy, too. So we had to shoot a whole Daffy. other scene with Daffy so Duck. Yeah, we, we had, like, to, we had like, to picture him, like, saying that. <laughs> we're like, what? We, 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 we had got, to scramble really quick because Austin's like, yeah, we have Daffy Duck now, too. Uh, I'm like, I'm like okay, oh, okay. we didn't plan this. And the so, whole shoot, we're like, what the hell's going on? But we, it, it all came together. It, it was fire. Yeah. And, like, again, just the fact that, like, we got to have – Bugs say Lewis and like actually talk like it was just it was just weird you know what I mean especially like we all grew up on Space Jam we all grew up on Looney Tunes mm-hmm. like it's like that's like culture I to know, the right. team you know what yeah. I mean and we got the follow back oh yeah I mean like I said I called my mom right I was like mom we working with Bugs Bunny she's like what do you mean I'm like we working with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> exactly what but no Bugs me and Bugs <laughs> like Bugs like Bugs Bugs like we with them right now like yeah, that's dope, shout out Lewis that's so real. dope yeah. and, and big shout out, out Lewis and Austin always I yeah, mean that's that's family so I'm glad we're having this this episode because it really ties a lot of things together mm-hmm. so Absolutely. this is dope man I'm super happy you guys came through we're gonna hop into the break right now though and take some shots with these boys but uh <laughs> for this hot shit of the week we got my man's Saint Icky dropped a little freestyle on Friday yes sir. so we're about to play that Let's go. This is uh, 219 <laughs> Freestyle. Let's get into it. It's cold outside. It's a lot of snow. <laughs> Metaphorically. And literally. Yeah. 
on the shake. Is you real or is you fake? If you fake, I can't relate. West side player, change your heart and lemonade. Smoking like a Haitian nigga, blow it in their face. Fuck rap, I create on the ground like I skate. Uh, bet I cop some palace though, I'm rolling up that antidote. Yeah, I treat her good, but I fuck her like an animal. My city cold as Canada. What happened to him? Yeah, I'll rip it down like Hamilton. Strapped up like Capulet. Bad luck the catalyst, the army, the navy. That polo out of Macy's. Them niggas wanna smoke. Tell them say what's up to Hades. Yeah, Armageddon. Can't bat your way in heaven. Blowing up like 9 11. Uh, yeah, we fight through oppression. I keep on getting better. I keep applying pressure. If you don't smoke weed, I don't even know If you ain't getting money, y'all don't even know Shit, I'm tracking down the paper, I'm driving through the snow There's money in a pandemic, I ain't play the show No, but if you like my music, send me X and O's If she not in the kinky shit, I tell her adios Ooh, the shit that hit you in your face, I roll exotic dope Yeah, hold up, wait a minute, I do this shit, I'm in it My flow is so illicit, I stretch it out like thinness Money over bitches, nigga get out my business Come talk to me on business, nigga I get no dinner I'm sick, I need a checkup, St. Icky throw that checkup Baby come get that neck up, yeah If you don't smoke weed, I don't even know Yeah, so that was my co-host, my best friend, St. Icky, with the 219 Freestyle. He just put that out Friday on Bandcamp. Hell it's yeah. on all DSPs now, so go fuck with that. Uh, we're back with the Clark Street Boys. We just did some shots. Had a little yes, bird. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Quick little Malort. Chicago did out with the Malort. Yeah, man. I really feel like that Malort shit, that's some new shit. It's not new, bro. It, bro, like I'm telling you, like, it don't I'm taste from new. Chicago. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm yeah, from Chicago. Still, like, yeah, it does taste old. When I was a kid, like, motherfuckers wasn't talking about Malort. Well, it's really? because you were a kid. People, you weren't giving you Malort nah, shots. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about when I was, like, 20, 19, 21, 22, 23. How long ago was that? That was like 10 Maybe. years ago. See, I feel like that's a Chicago thing, though. Every time I meet a Chicago person, they're like, yo, have you done this? And I'm like, yeah, I've done that. I mean, and I now, don't want to do it again. Now that's what they be saying. But like, I don't think that's it's probably within it's the a last five years, marketing, man. <laughs> it's marketing. Marketing's a beast. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, see, yeah, we're going to talk about some things with these boys. We talked about their whole setup. Y'all know they're already tapped into the culture and shit. So uh, on Thursday, Supreme and Nike dropped the Dunk Lows, the new joints. That are inspired by the dunk highs that came out forever ago. Did y'all peep those? You're gonna have to show me a photo. Which one, which ones? They did the thing with they did the dunk low with the stars on it because they did that same dunk high like. Can I catch us on sneaker app or? Years ago. Uh, I think it was exclusively through Supreme. It was mm. the same as they did for they did the dunk high like. Oh yeah 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 no they, they had the, the stars like on the, 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 on the white panel. ones. Yeah, they, they did four colorways with the stars on the inside panel. I think um, I know you're talking about. I'm I mean, it's cool. You I'm not hype beast enough. I'm more a thrift beast. Really? So. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll just say, like, they, they're obviously going to resell for Helda, but they don't, like, really match the OG colorways. I think it's cool that they paid homage to the first one, but I do want to now that we're on the subject, tap into your guys' like, like apparel. Where do you guys, like, fall in the apparel world? 
We'll we so, want to make some. So too. first off, dunks are going to be <laughs> crazy because of Kylie Jenner, right? I think she, didn't she just repost something recently where I mean dunks have been crazy. I was about to say, I'm dunked out. No, no dun, I've dunk, been dunks dunked now are just I'm like good on so that. many dunks. Like man. there's so much clutter on dunks, like it's stupid, stupid for no reason. They need to um, go back to blazers or some shit. Blazers are always going to be there though. But yeah. it, as far as clothing goes, we definitely have some stuff up our sleeve, like. And it's not now. Um, it is very much more like a COVID situation where we're kind of like trying to figure out like when the best time to do this is. Um, but we do have a few collaborators that we're working with right now. And we're, we are planning on doing a pop-up show in our studio um, when COVID is over. Um, but what this will entail is Clark Street merch as well as live screen printing in our studio. Um, so we have a homeboy actually in Wisconsin, um, and Jimmy can kind of take this away from it, but just a quick like little overview of it is like what we want to do is like this really personal live experience where you come in, you create your merch with Clark Street. We have a screen printing, like one of the big screen printers in actual, like, you know, like the one that turns. Five, and, hell like, yeah. Do you have the auto press in this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy, crazy. Y'all stuff. doing like the fucking 10 color, 16 color shit. Yeah. We're trying to go. We're trying Not to go. that much. Probably like five color. Five, well, we're trying five. to go we're trying to go in though like we really like want to make like again like our focus like if we ever bring back events like our focus has always been to really like nail the experience like what you come and what you f- what you feel like is it temperature is it smell is it clothing is it texture is it you know all those little things that go underneath the sun we want to kind of captivate that in our our events um so yeah like in six months clothing is definitely something that we are we have been talking about for a while um, it's just, it's timing. It's timing. Um, cause I think the biggest thing is like, it's one thing to invest money into something that might be okay, but it's also better to invest money in something that can be awesome and, you know, actually do what it needs to do. And I think that's kind of what we're waiting on right now is we're just waiting on like the right point, the right time. When do we do this? How does it look? What does it feel like? What is the experience like when you come into this event? What does the merch look like? What does it feel like? What's the weight on it? But yo, we're Converse boys. Rocking Converse <laughs> for the past year. Yeah, always. Do a little custom Converse coming in soon. Always. CSC exclusive. True. But just for the crew. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. So the guy we're, we've been talking with is Unfinished Legacy. Um, he's a guy from Milwaukee. Um, super dope work. He just had yeah, a Yeah, definitely check out Unfinished Legacy. They just drops shit today. Yeah, just had a Probably a, a week ago, so check it out. Just had a huge collab <laughs> with Levi's. Very big in screen printing. Um and I, I mean, we're all fashion people, you know what I mean? So, like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, when we go into clothing, especially for merch, is, like, we want to make sure that, again, we're not... It's easy to pump out crappy T-shirts. You can't it's, put it's, a, it's, just it's, another it, clothing yeah. brand or anything like that. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing it. So, like, how do we separate ourselves? How do we make ourselves, you know, good? You know, like, one of the biggest influences I have, I think, even for clothing and sweatshirts and, like, fabric is Juggernaut. Like, Juggernaut, like, their fabric and their weight and everything, like, as far as their hoodies go, flawless flawless they killed it like supreme weight like they're just like really on it as far as like what they're doing and that's kind of what we want to incorporate to our business um but i definitely think it's just more time and right time to do things so with time yeah definitely and like you got to like understand like when you're dropping for that shit because the supreme hoodies actually are canadian cotton they come from this canadian manufacturer but uh, you can get very close to them which we did these phase value hoodies and they're super heavyweight but they're from a u.s manufactured company but yeah, I mean, you just gotta understand like you when might you're be dropping. The guy. You guys got face masks too, don't <laughs> you? Yeah, we got a bunch. I mean, yeah. we drop like very infrequently because we both work full time jobs and like have a bunch of shit going on. Respect. But when we drop, it's like gonna be fire. Yeah. Because I kind of come from that background of like I've worked out on clothes. <laughs> I was like the skateboarder growing up that would wear like polo too, 
mm-hmm. like skateboard mm-hmm. shit. So I've always like really fucked with apparel. So and Perry's always like he's a very creative person and fucks with clothes too. Yeah, yeah. So when well, we drop, designer, bro. Yeah. So when we no, drop, it's like it's very infrequent, but it's always gonna be on point. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and that's the thing. Like we always thinking about like the quality behind it, the experience behind mm-hmm. getting it and shit. Yeah. Like, like when, we, when you get our shit, it's bagged up, size sticker. Like you mm-hmm. don't know you got it from this podcast like, that's hey, ran you out. Got tag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got inside tags. Like it's never gonna those be little things because it's them little things. It's all those real. little details that make it. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I feel like me and him have like a perfect like little marriage mm-hmm. of creative creativity because we like bounce off ideas to each other good. We like set our egos aside and just work on the best idea. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we bring different skills to the table. I mm-hmm. will say if you guys get to check out one clothing line, one person that is like vibed with me <laughs> through the T is No Menthol. Um, oh, No Menthol Like they're super hard. low key. Um, we had them in one of our fir- very first like pop-up clothing events because we did a couple pop-up events like what with like that? actually like it was called Urban Jungle. Urban Jungle. Um, and we had like we had Iridium, we had No Menthol. Shout out we, had, we, had, we, had a, we had a we had a couple people. And, yeah, yeah, shout Ar- out Platt. Iridium. Yeah, shout Platt. out Platt. Platt. We gotta Platt. get Platt Respect. on. Yo, yeah. get get Platt on here. <laughs> no, <laughs> hey, if you guys need that to happen, I got you. Platinum is like my day one. He, yeah, he's yeah. actually like the first person I met in Chicago, and I met him on the train. I had some Y threes on. He's like, <laughs> Yo, you, you you fucking with Y three? And I'm like, Yeah. And this is like when Y three was like just becoming a ninja shoe, and uh-huh. like Y three is ninja like all the way through for sure. Um. But no, you're definitely Platt's fire. So like when we, yeah. Um, what was I going to say on that even? I don't know. No idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clothing. Yeah. I, I got nothing. So there's some Clark Street uh, merch coming soon, basically. Mer- what you're saying. Very, very. Yeah, very Richie, Richie over here keeps yelling at me for not putting out merch yet. But when you put it out, it's got to be good, man. That's the whole thing. Take your time. That's what I always tell people. People rush out. Like you said, these crappy ass t-shirts. Bro, take your time. Yeah. You put out good merch. Just- Another clothing brand. No, you can't because there's yeah, too many. It's oversaturated. Oh, that, that's what I was gonna say. So no menthol. Like their tags, like the way they actually do stuff. Like that's like something that's always read, like resonated with me is like how the detail. Like you guys said earlier is like the detail is everything. Like going from the tag to like you know like how many actually like screens are printed for the shirt. Like all those little things. Like and that's kind of packaging. What we, packaging. Packaging. That's what we're super like, tapped even, into. Even like yeah. rumors. You rumors. probably want to have stickers ready to go too for them. Why not? Rumors yeah. from Juggernaut. I yeah, Matt Boy White. Yeah, no, Matt, yeah, Matt Boy Matt, White Matt, and Matthew Manny. And Manny. I'm telling you, bro, their packaging Fire. is like A1. A1. Absolutely mm-hmm. to the T. Like, we're so much respect to those people. Like, I, like, I'm pretty sure we kept the packaging for like three months longer than yeah. we needed to just because it was nice. No, it's fire. And we and we <laughs> shot with, we shot a lot of Matthew's stuff and Manny's stuff like in the past. But right like, in the beginning of, very beginning yeah. of, of their rumors uh, brand. Yeah. But that stuff, like again, like weight, texture, detail packaging like all those little things like so many people overlook that stuff all the time you know what i mean and it's such a huge factor of like building the clothing line it's the most important factor mm-hmm. honestly like when you get something because the thing people don't realize is when you sell a product to somebody you're taking the money that they earned so you need to provide them a product that they feel comfortable spending mm-hmm. that money on the worst thing ever is when you buy some shit offline and you get it and you're like what the fuck yeah it's like underwhelming you want it to be like at least like meet the level or be overwhelming mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah, like the, the rumor shit, like, I think it's because they have so many years in the game, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like they both have They're seen deep. things. Manny used to do all the, he was in charge of the cut and sew for Juggernaut. Yeah. So he's been in like that world for a long time. Not to mention their, their fucking manufacturers are like gas, gas. Like when, when I've talked with them about them, like they have some like, okay, actually I shouldn't say anything, but it, at the end of the day, flawless, like they have their like cut and sew they have their like regular basic tees sweatshirts all that stuff to the like the maximum it can be and like juggernaut like as a brand like 
they're gonna go so far. Like I mean, they're they, already they, twelve they're, years they're, deep. They're already yeah. twelve. Yeah, I mean, but they're just like a brand that will never die in Chicago because of like they always have good stuff. Like Richie's wearing. Richie's wearing Juggernaut now. I'm, I'm Juggernaut bag every day. I'm usually wearing Juggernaut. You got the backwood red all chest, fanny <laughs> pack looking ass. Like yeah. they with it. They know. Like and you know, I think that's like a, the biggest thing when it comes to the culture of fashion is like, can it be? You know, is it cozy? Is it wearable? Can you make it universal in multi type fashion? Can it wash well? How does the color hold up? You know, like all those little things are huge questions. And I think like a really strong clothing designer will always focus on those things. Another really good guy to you guys should check out, and I'm just gonna give him a shout out, Jackson Napier. Ooh, yeah, definitely. He, he is by far. I met him at SAIC when I first moved here, and he to this day is he's killing fire it. Like, custom one of one cut and sew. Like he is. The, Wait, is that Fam out in Pilsen? Uh, no, he's he's actually in. I want to say Lincoln. Uh, he might actually be over here. He might be in Logan. I don't know. Um, he, he was at Summer Smash, though, too. He, again, either way, he's just, like, super small scale, very young kid. Came one, out one dude, self-taught. Very self-taught, like, went to SAIC. But, like, this kid, like, I, yeah, I, I will be a ride or die for Jackson all day, every day. He, he, he has the cut and sew that people want to see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, cut and sew is such a hard. And, like, jackets, too. Yeah. Like, some crazy shit. It, yeah. it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard to make cut and sew. Like, that actually is, like, interesting unless you're, like, a really big designer. But his designs are so out there that I think they're, like, acceptable in Chicago. Because, like, that's the other thing, too, is I feel like Chicago is, like, a really experimental city versus New York and L.A. Um, and so I think, like, to me, like, we're more receptive towards new culture new things like i mean like you have all the broadway plays and everybody like that's popping off is coming to chicago first you know what i mean like everybody roots from chicago in some way to go somewhere else if that makes sense it's the midpoint everything else goes out and i think that's because of the culture because it's midwest people are still mm-hmm. nice here people are still like you, you know la hella pretentious you got yeah. new york yeah. who grind till you die and you got chicago who's got that midwest nice we find that middle ground yeah and we really sit in the middle of it yeah absolutely even the creative belt Mm -hmm. but now with like the internet and shit man like chicago's not the the behind as as it's always been Mm -hmm. no definitely Mm -hmm. no one's i mean really honestly man you can pop from anywhere now because of the Mm -hmm. internet you know you don't even need to be in a major city like if you if your idea is strong enough you can build it from anywhere yeah if your idea is strong enough absolutely absolutely but it does take like i mean it's easier here like even the people y'all have had on your artist spotlights and stuff think about if you were in like uh, Nebraska, like Utah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, impossible. Yeah, you'd literally be like, impossible. And like we talked about, it'd be all like phone call shit, which the yeah. energy is so different. You you can't create that same vibe via phone or Zoom. You know, and being like, in the room with someone really creates a bond between the people. Yeah, like so many people we've had on the pod, we've continued relationships with, and we didn't know them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we really yeah, spend yeah. genuine time together, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, cool. Like we obviously have similar interests, and if we're sitting in the same room together. And for those artist spotlight interviews, literally we're sitting, like I'm sitting down on a chair across just like Richie for the Q and A's, just like asking them questions. And this is like a full hour interview, like 40, 40 minutes to an hour. And it's just going back and like really engaging with the person, hearing them out, not just like waiting for the next question to ask. It's like, okay, I'm I'm interested. What, tell me more. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, we've learned so much too. I think you could. Speak yeah, to like that. when we first started, like I listen, I go back and I listen to like our show when we first started. I'm like, oh, what was we even? I'll be jumping topics super quick. Uh, that, that's like, a creative mind, though. Yo, we all ADD. But like, it's like, but but it gets easier because before mm-hmm. I used to go into it nervous. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like now, you just is it? No, you, you, you get the hang of it. That's just been like 
a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's crazy. You guys are on episode 85, one and a half years. Straight. Every every week. Tell me about yeah. that real quick. Also, on that note, though, too, I feel like age has to help with that, though, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As you grow older, I feel like you become more comfortable with yourself and you're able to, like, share yourself exactly more. and i think like, like as we grow up like you're always kind of like oh suppress these feelings don't say this don't do this be this person it's like mm-hmm. now i feel like your we're voice in a, a, is super powerful day. yeah it is and like even me and jimmy were just talking about this the other day it's like now i feel like i'm like the fully un like harnessed noah like, uh-huh. like I'm, I'm like fully like if, if people can't fuck with the personality like two fingers like we'll see you later yeah it's because like uh like when you're young you don't have shit to like Talk about to like relate to other you don't people. Even think you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying you have, to blend in. You haven't even lived enough life to relate to like like a, a, like a 16 year old can't relate to what I'll, what I'll be doing. You yeah, know what absolutely, I'm saying? Absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's so different. You actually, haven't yeah. and like those have always been like my favorite artists to begin with, like the mm-hmm. older artists. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But that's why because they didn't live their life. They live like, their life. They're dropping some gems, and yeah. you're actually resonating with it. Exactly. That's what I was because like a, a thing that motherfuckers be talking about is just like how how rappers be uh, just talking about the same shit. That's because they young as fuck. They ain't got shit else to talk about. Yeah. Like once you live your life a little bit, that's when it motherfuckers like, start. Wow, being, I haven't heard this story before. Yeah, or <laughs> even or even start being more like creative, like trying to try and talk new about things, the even you know more real Absolutely. shit. Talk about how you're struggling on your day to day to just get out of bed to. Exactly Make, to drink water. Isn't it sad though? We <laughs> even had to just going to the bathroom, bro. I can yeah. guarantee some people are just like sitting in bed. I'd rather lay here late as hell instead of just get up and go pee and start my day. I, I mean, life isn't set up to make you happy. It's like almost set up to make you depressed. Yeah, you know, like really, in, that ass. Unless you really have some shit that you're driven towards, you can easily get caught up in the spiral of feeling like mm-hmm. you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then it gets ugly because once you don't, you feel comfortable not. Mm-hmm. And so you're not driven towards anything because why would you, you know, like what's sometimes you get lost in like, what is the real goal of this shit? Mm-hmm. Because life doesn't show it to you at all. You got to find it within yourself. To yeah. like all of us felt drive. that everyone to- listening right now just <laughs> felt that oh, yeah. man. That's, that's yeah. like, that's the million dollar like feeling all the time. Every time is this worth it? Am I doing the right thing? We, Am I we, on the right path? We go through that all the time. All the time, especially because yeah. you you have no one telling you what to do. Yeah, like yeah. you have no person being like, "Yo, this is the direction you need to go, and this is how you have to do it." Like we're legitly like sitting here twiddling our thumbs trying to figure out like, does this is this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? Should we do this? And like, absolutely, yeah. Like, but I also think like age helps with that too. Like even on mm-hmm. what you were saying is like, to me, like as you get older, you're able to express yourself more. You're able to like understand your personality. Like in the, being 27 now, like I'm much more of a man than i was 10 years ago i was a fuck 18 years old you know what i mean or 17 years old um so it's like you know i mean like i look back on even that now and i'm like Noah was a completely different person but it took a lot of time for me to understand how to express myself and how to share my feelings and how to get those vocal points out of my own brain because i think at the end of the day like when you let that sit like when you let that stuff like just resonate and set in your brain for years and years if you don't release that that's a bomb. You're trapped. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're trapped. You're trapped. Somewhere. And you got to get that out. You have to get all that stuff out. Well, you're just internalizing so many things. Absolutely. So there's this crazy thing where I dated this girl for a really long time when I was younger. And she was older than me. And uh, she would always say this very simple thing to me and a lot of people. And I didn't really realize it till I was mentally uh, mature enough to understand what she meant. Mm. She would always just say, use your words. 
And I thought it was like condescending, like you're being kind of shitty. Mm. But when I got old enough to realize she was just saying like the, the truth, like communicate, like yeah. use your fucking mm -hmm. words. Well, when you're young and immature, so hard. the last thing you want to do is like communicate how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. You just want to fucking internalize it and like it act out and or like, deal with like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. But she would always just say like, use your words. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like really, I'd be like you're so annoying. But then when I got older and I was like, damn, like it stuck with me. Like use your words. Because your words though. will get everything in the clear. Another if you thing just on use your fucking words, like. I mean, it's fitting in at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I think like growing up, especially in school and like there's all these social norms, like norms, like you're always like trying to adjust your personality to fit into some type of group. And I think as you get older, you realize those groups are all yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. Like, like you're For like, real. why would I, why would I spend five years of my life trying to make a friendship with somebody that doesn't need my friendship? That don't like you gotta think, Where is it now? Yeah. Right. Where, where is it now? Right. And I think that's the beauty of like the personality growing up is like when you can start releasing those feelings and start projecting those feelings that you have you start figuring out who the real ones are and who the real ones aren't you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's about building those like long-lasting bonds for Absolutely. sure that's what like gets you places mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. you you find the people that are supposed to be on your team like we talked about earlier to bring it full circle you know because that team is like your whole shit straight up yeah you know, we'll, we'll tell you right now this man richie over here he brought new light into clark street Absolutely. so yeah we had, oh y'all got stale probably no so we actually had <laughs> We had five people we had five in Clark people Street originally. So, so we had two of the founders, um, super homies still, super good people, and, and they had to go on their own path to actually grow inside themselves. Um, but yeah, we, we lost two of our founders, like two of the people that we actually started the business with, and it's, was, it was super sad, super, you know, it definitely was a huge hit in the head. Um, but at the same time, too, like backing up, again, five steps and looking at the situation, like if they would have been in our situation still, they would have been holding themselves back. So it, we needed that growth. But uh, like he said, like Richie, like when he came in, he was interviewing us for this other, like for- yeah, He was for, interviewing us for, for school. his school. And we were just like, we found him. And we were like, yo. This, it this ended up being an interview for Richie. Yeah. Because <laughs> the whole time he's interviewing us, we're like, okay, we like this. We're, we, and we're, by we're the end of it, we're like, yeah. okay, come in Wednesday next week. And uh, we're, we're going to hire you for an internship. And yeah, he pulled up thinking he's going to get a whole interview. Little does he know he already he's, had he's already hired. We, we already liked him. So based off of what he how he interviewed us, we're like, yeah, you're on our team. And we needed that, though, too. You know what I mean? Because, like, again, like when you lose a founder in a business, like especially like we we started this business as homies. You know what I mean? So it's like these are all like brothers at this point. So like when they leave it, it does hurt, you know, but mm -hmm. I think Richie was, again, that light in the long term of this journey of like what we can have and who can be involved in this business. And Richie, yeah, he, he shed a lot of light into us. Like we we're just like, yo, this is like the energy that we had three years ago. You know what I mean? Like when we first started, like Richie had the energy that we had going into the business. And, and he then, brought back the community for us because again, like we started in events, we didn't have that. So how can we bring it back? Blogs, interviewing people. You know, we had three series going on a year ago. I think it was like my three one two. Oh yeah, we would go around different spots in Chicago and have people tell us about your favorite hey, spot. And failure <laughs> is such a beautiful thing. Beauty, me, like failure. Let me not even say failure. Opportunity. Opportunity mm -hmm. is the most beautiful thing in the world because I feel like if you don't hit the floor and you don't like actually analyze it to get back up, you're never gonna have the growth you want. And I think, like, one thing Richie and all of us did together is, like, when we did all these blogs at first, they were just so, like, it was just so many ideas going into, like, okay, what did this look like if we did a 312? Like, bring us to your favorite Chicago diner. 
You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. that's really like really Take really, us thrifting. What's your favorite thrift shop? Really dope idea, but I think was it premature in the situation? Very much so. Could we have captivated it and made it a little bit more interesting through video? Absolutely. But, you know, I think like us trying stuff and seeing what works and what doesn't work is ultimately like what has led us to where we are right now mm-hmm. as far as feeling comfortable with the content we're releasing. Because I don't know. I mean, everybody, I mean, the creative block, you know how it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, especially when you make music or you make clothing, like you're always like, "Mm, this isn't good enough. I got to come back to this. We'll come back to it. Like go back to it then. Like if you know there's issues or there's opportunities inside your line or your business or your brand, come back to it. Like don't ever feel like, I think that's the ego talking too. is like, don't ever let your ego be like, oh, you know, this idea is finalized. Like no idea is ever finalized. If you look at any Uh, business now, everybody's reinventing something that's invented you know, mm-hmm. hundred years ago. That's a key thing. Like nothing is ever finalized. Is what people Never. always feel like they need to like have and some everything's final been done before. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. So For get real. caught up on that. Take literally take like six different things. Mm-hmm. Like use that inspiration. Exactly. It's, not it's about the thing. Like, it's about the things that you chose to put together. And Absolutely. then guess what? People are gonna resonate with that because they. At the end of the day, it's your taste. <laughs> exactly. I feel like people's taste is the most important exactly, thing. Exactly, for real. People and gravitate towards that. And perfect it. Like, again, you know, like, I think, like, the one thing that I wish out of more creatives and more people we meet in this creative field is, like, you know, it's, it's okay to fail. It's okay to have an okay idea. Like, not every idea is always going to be great. But, like, to make a great idea, it takes time. It takes consistency. It takes going back into that idea and kind of trying to perfect it, dialing everything in. Um so yeah, definitely. I think like on that note, like for sure, like if if you want to see positivity, continuously keep growing the idea that you have. You know what I mean. The only thing I want to say on this shit is like, uh, I feel like some people really slip up in getting married to an idea, and they don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. If something's not working, you got to bail. Yeah, and like pivot. You got to pivot. Fingers. Pivot. Because I know the passion that comes with an idea you created, and you really want to see it through. But sometimes you got to know if that's not going to be the mm-hmm. idea. That's and a gotta, tough pill to swallow. It is really but tough. That's, that's one of the best things you can do as a creator is mm-hmm. learn when this isn't it. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I really thought this was it, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, and then understand. Again, that's your ego, man. Even saying saying no to a client, you know? Like, I mean, like, even for us, like, that was a huge pill to swallow. Mm. Like, there's clients where they come to you, and don't get me wrong, like, you broke as hell. Like, you need the money. You need the money to support rent. You need the money to support us. You need all that money, right? But, like, the thing is, too, like, in long-term-wise, like, being able to say no to clients is, like, one of the best decisions that we ever made because the thing is, like, it, it holds our value. It holds, like, what we represent as a, as a culture, as, as far as a business, everything. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and honestly, now, like, nowadays, like, at first it was like, oh, man, I can't believe we lost this money. We can't, you know, now we can't get this, can't do this. But, like, now looking back on it, bro, like, those are... Saying no to that leads to so much Th- more. Does that what shape you for that, That's absolutely the best decisions that we've made because now when we have clients hit us up, our budget is set as is. Like, if you can't fuck with us, like... Well, your work is your work. You can't mess exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, if y- if y'all put your stamp on it, it doesn't matter what they paid you. It's still your work, you right. know. Mm-hmm. So you gotta pick and choose if it's gonna be your. If you want that to represent you, because yeah. if y'all take some shit for a bag, it's still your work. And they're like, all these dudes did this shit. It's still out there in the world, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and like that's a lot of times we try not to get into those situations because, in that sense, it doesn't represent our brand. And we're just doing it for the bag, so we don't even want to be tied to it. We're not gonna put our name on it. But you paid us to do it. It's just a work thing, and that just like that doesn't sit right, you and, know. And even on that note, like on a real, real conversation, like us talking, like we did that for our first few years of business. Like this is the probably the first year where we're like, yo, we're actually selling our style. 
Like we really want to sell our style because like it's easy to be a creator and sell content. No question. Like we did that for Anyone so long. can sell content. So, so long we just sold content. And a lot Everybody's of it, got a Sony. A lot of it was, a lot of it was like, it was good content. It was beautiful content. Don't get me wrong. We put out really good work, but what did it really sell our vision, our style of work? No, it didn't. And I think that's kind of like where we're at this year, especially going into 2021 is like, we're really trying to reinvent ourselves and start as far as our style. Like you look at like, you know, we brought up Cole Bennett. We brought up, you know, Laka from, no more heroes. Like they have styles, you know what I mean? And like diamond and, and visuals, diamond visuals, you have Alex Peterson, like, you know, all those, all those people have a style. And the, and the reason why they pull clients is because people gravitate towards their style. And that's kind of mm-hmm. one thing that we really want to do in our branding this year, as far as Clark street goes is perfect our style. Um, and, and kind of get away from the day to day, like, Hey, here's, here's this bag of money, make a video and it's cool. But at the long term of things, like as far as like our growth and our business, like it's not it's not going to help us out. You know what I mean? And so, it, again, it's another quick tip for creatives. Don't spend more than a week on a project if they're paying you. True. Unless they're paying you for longer than that, because if you go into a project, you're geeked, right? Like you shoot that shit. Mm. You got the product done or graphic design, right? Like you're, you're hyped up on this shit. You design that. And then time goes by, and now you lose interest. You're not fully that's invested a, anymore. Yeah, that's a huge and thing. And as a creative, real. that oh, shit yeah. happens all the time. Like, we get bored easily. So for us, we have a three-day deadline. If you don't get the video done in three days, it's not getting done, and it's going to be ass. Yeah. So get it done in three days. Yeah. If you see our work schedule, you guys would think that we're crazy. No, like, I feel I, you. I think we would understand. If <laughs> anybody feel you, I feel you, bro. Like, <laughs> like we're really like, and Jimmy gets on me this on this too, because like I'll be up at like two a.m. like thinking of like business ideas, and I'll be like, "Yo, Jimmy, what do you think on this?" And he's like, "Bro, it's two a.m. Can we like go to sleep?" I'm like, "Nah, like we gotta keep talking about <laughs> this shit because like this is like it's here." The th- because we all know how creative thoughts work too. It's it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like like oh I just thought of this. It's it's always like naturally comes to something like mm. it would just pop in your head and you'd be like, Oh, you got to act. We well, need to act on this. Now. What comes along with being a creative person is being really erratic. Mm-hmm. Like your behavior is so fucking erratic. Cause you're just yeah. like, all your mind is always working. Absolutely. So there's no timeline. Like it's not like you go to work nine to five, which you know, I do. And I think about work during those hours thinking of ideas does never, it never stops. Mm-hmm. We try so to keep something. Some of those mm-hmm. best ideas come at 10 PM at midnight. True. Anytime <laughs> dude, when something just sparks your mind, you're like, yo, and you got to send the text. Cause then you got to put it into the world to your homie or something. Cause mm-hmm. you got to not like, let it like, cause you'll pass it up. Like not, nah, it'll absolutely. be gone. Like, and if nah, you whatever. pass it up, someone else is going to get it on a, on another note that's on there. Actually, we always say that. I said it all the time. If, like, by the way, can I just ideas say be bouncing around, bro? It's like universal, like, man. You gotta say that, can I just say that? Like, I dropped that freestyle like the other day. Like I've been like for a whole week. I've been like planning this release that was gonna be the two nineteen freestyle, and then Drake put out a freestyle. What? <laughs> the same I'm way. I'm telling That's you, bro. Thing. It's like, all universal. It the, that collective consciousness air. is real. You put it in the air, and it's just in the air for somebody to take. Mm-hmm. But what I was gonna say for like people that feel like, that like like lose interest in shit, like gee, like I'll literally like. Be like going through my computer, and I'll be like, "Damn, I'll be the whole song that I've been recording," <laughs> and I'll be like, "Damn, I literally forgot all yep, about yep. this shit." But then you and, go back into that shit. Yeah, exactly. Go back, like, you go back into it, and you like you can make it into that. Things. Is like, literally be, how it's we songs treat I've been working video. on for like a year. Like, and I'm just like, oh, like, oh, absolutely. Oh, shit, Dude, that's th- deep. Th- th- even on that note, like, there's videos we do. Like we okay, so like Clark Street repurposes videos to the T. Like one thing Noah's mm-hmm. even big on is repurposing videos for for marketing for client work for anything like if a client mm. we go out and film one day you best believe that 
we're going to figure out like a month's worth of content. Months worth of content. We're going to figure <laughs> out how to finesse everything out of that content because that's what we do. You know what I mean? But that's also to the beauty of it. Cause like we, you know, we do the project, we step away for a little bit. We're like, okay, cool. This is what was good. This is what wasn't good. This is, these are the opportunities. How can we tackle this, you know, into the next project? We always come back into it. And like the new edits that we always do are even better because like, even like you're reattacking a song a year later, a few months later, the skills that you've learned over that course of time, you're just reincorporating yeah, that exactly. back into an old project and an old feeling that you had inside that project. Like the video was never, the song or video was never bad. It just wasn't maybe to the time of when it needed to be perfected. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. No, hell yeah, exactly. Some, some things need more development. And it's like on the flip side, like sometimes like I'll just work 10 minutes on something, but like I've worked 10 minutes on it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's another thing. Like sometimes I'll like fly through shit and be like, all right, let me get, and I just like do 20 minutes and I like get. I love that. Happens. You know what I'm saying? I and love that. Yeah. But, but like 10 minutes got put in on that. It's yeah. different. And then, you know what no, I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, I was editing a video the other day and it was like for a client and like, Legitly, I think I did the video within like 20 minutes. And some videos take like a whole ass day. And mm-hmm. I was like, but when you have that 20 minute video where you just, you're just like saucing it up, chopping it up together. And you're, and you're just like, you're like, wow, why can't all the other videos be like this? Like, and, 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 and honestly, I love that part of it, but I also like the other side of it too, where you are pulling teeth and you are like, I love crazy. Yeah. I love, I love chaoticness. <laughs> I love having a project. Like literally Mitch was super stressed out about this music video we did the other day. Mitch is our other business partner too. He's our cinematographer and main editor, but like he was so stressed out about this project. He, he spent a full day or two going into the edit and based on the client feedback, you know, there wasn't a lot to work with. All right. Like we, we use a lot of what we did we got to put in some more work. So I'm like, don't worry about it, bro. Let me hop in there. And that's cool about the collective part. Like each of us can hop on the edit and adding on to the process part of things. We start with after we shoot the video, the first day you're going to go through, set up your project, make all your different folders, you know, like project file, footage, assets, whatever else there might be. And you're going to set that up in Premiere. And then you're going to import all your footage. And then you're going to go through every single clip and make selects on each clip and put that in a timeline, just raw, full timeline, full of random clips. And then after that, you're, you're done for the day. This is where you're on day yeah. two. You're on day two now. And from there, now you're like, okay, bet. I got all the selects I want to make this video out of. What do I do now? Start slapping shit down. Start building the story. It kind of goes on what you were saying, though, too, like giving yourself like a day to like actually breathe. Like one we, day we, of doing that is draining we, going we, through we all do, that footage. We try to enforce that. Like we still do like a 10 to nine to six, 10 to six, whatever. 10, 10, 10 to six, 10 to six day. with winter times, winter times, 11 to five on the winters. Yeah. It's, it's been getting a little <laughs> less than hours. Cause, sure. like, Cause you know, and we want to work at home, but like going back. Yeah. I, I think definitely like stepping away and coming back into a project is kind of like something that we have found in our creative ability mm-hmm. that helps us excel versus it being kind of like where we just spend a whole day editing a whole video. And again, like when the video is done, you're like, I kind of hate this. Well, you know what's yeah, crazy You hate though, it after every day. You're like, I need a couple more days. To chop Dude. into that is that when, you, when you're when you sitting there with your, your friends, like, I mean, you guys are obviously close, and you're chopping up ideas, something will come up and you think it's like the best idea. Mm-hmm. But if you revisit it in 12 hours, you could think completely different. Mm-hmm. In the moment, you think it's the fucking best. You're like, this is fire. No one's going to But when you, you see it again the next day, you're like, no, nah, this is not. Uh, yeah, I got to tweak this. So you got to let shit breathe. And you might even have homies be like, yo, this is kind of crap. And that like, breathing nah, room is, is everything. Because no, I promise you, when you give a full day after putting in, a, like, even if it's just a couple hours, 
two to four hours, whatever. Like after that, giving it a full day, coming back to it. At the end of the day, you're going to feel awful about it. And then in the morning, you'll be like, damn, this is kind of fire. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going to build on that. And then you're going to rest again. And on that third day, again, the three-day turnaround, you're going you're gonna to be at a point where you have a beautiful piece. And now you're just, like, enhancing the fuck out of it, making it, like, sexy as hell, saucing it up, is like I like to call it. <laughs> hell, yo. <laughs> yeah, no, and by it. then, you're, you feel good. You spent three days. You didn't rush it. You just spent the time you needed to on that. I'm going to have to listen to this Drake freestyle, by the way. This has been eating my brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it after this shit. Once we wrap this up, we'll play it. Yeah, play it. I'm like, I'm like trying to like think. I'm like, when did Drake release He, he dropped Scary Hours. Like, yeah. Oh, that's right. That was, was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, for sure. Three yeah, tracks, yo. Yeah, man. I mean, we... I forgot about that. Yeah, we, no, We've I, got the I Clark know. Street boys up in here for a minute. Like, I think there might be episode two of this, and I do think this relationship will be continued. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is Hell a, yeah. a great yeah, ass As you can man. tell, we can just keep talking. <laughs> for sure. Uh, what else? Shout out Patreon. Shout out to Patreon subscribers. It's episode man. 85. Yo, subscribe to Patreon. I mean, if you want all to. Creative. I'll, I'll yeah. really fuck with Patreon. Yeah, like fuck with us on Patreon. We don't even have a Patreon, but subscribe to Face Value no, But I'm so glad y'all Patreon. came out, man. This has been a great conversation. Hell yeah. Much Hell love yeah, you already you. know, man. Episode what? 85. 85. 85. In a row. 85 yeah. bears in this bitch. Yeah, Chicago, stand up. All right. Fuck with y'all. Much love. Hell yeah. Tight, man. Oh.